Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Title Town Podcast. How the heck are you? I'm great, Craig. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, to all the people out there, we've got a great episode this week. A lot of shit going on. We've got freaking uh, playoff baseball, yeah. some good football stuff. Hockey's getting started. Basketball's getting started soon. It's a fucking touch them all type of type of it's situation the we got this week. Most magical time of the year. All four major sports are playing at the same time. Getting into it. Incredible. Getting We're involved. Talk about them all. Uh, if you're new to the program, you may not know this, but you can call us up. The phone number for that, 904-87-TT-POD. 904-87-TT-POD. You can call us anytime. It goes to a voicemail. You don't have to worry about us picking up the phone and having an awkward conversation. Leave us your take. If it's any good, or frankly, if it totally sucks, we'll put you on no the pod matter. anyways. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, and you can also interact with us Interact with us on the internet. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever whatever strikes your fancy. All those things. We're at Titletown Pod on all of those. Hit it. At Titletown Pod, anywhere that social media is found. Nice. Uh, and that being said. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Melissa, what's up? I'm good. How you doing? Not too much. Looking big week ahead of us here. Dude, huge. So much going on. Trying to find a good night to record this week, and there's like shit going on all the time. There's none. Plus, you know, we have jobs and lives. Plus the jobs and lives things. Real jam up. Right this fucking, as we speak, we got two games of consequence happening. Uh, yeah. Last night we had a couple. Yeah. Monday there was football. Tuesday, I don't remember, but like, holy shit. <laughs> Stuff's going on. And then the Patriots play on Thursday. I know. It's a short week for us too, people. Fuck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyways. Why don't you kick us off and tell us what did happen last week? I will. I'm going to start. Remind with, the people uh, since it's been so many days. <laughs> I will. Thank you. Uh, Patriots. Yeah. Let's take a look. Uh, so they looked like themselves again and they fucking blew the doors off the uh, then AFC East leading. Are they still the AFC East leading? They've got to be. They're three and one. Right. So we're only two and two. Right. Okay. So and these, then it's the Jets and the Bills. Right. <laughs> like, all right. Simple the, uh, math here tells me I'm probably right. <laughs> so they blew the doors <laughs> off the AFC's leading Dolphins uh, by a score of 38 to seven. Uh, newly acquired wide receiver Josh Gordon made his first uh, couple of catches from Tom Brady and he looked good doing it. Uh, this week, also on a, a bummer note, featured uh, some injury news. Rob Gronkowski left the game with an ankle injury and is listed as questionable. For Thursday. He had not practiced this week as of today. I don't know if he managed oh, really? to practice today. If he didn't practice today, uh, he won't be able to play on Thursday. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess I should have fact checked that. But yeah. Who well, has that I kind mean, of time? We'll see. We'll could, see what that could just be a function of the short week. I don't know. Exactly. Um, running back Rex Burkhead was put on IR. Uh, but good news, safety Patrick Chung and defensive end Trey Flowers both came back for this game from concussion protocol. Uh, and they had a noticeable impact on the defense. The Pats, just like the Town Sports Podcast, have a <laughs> short week as they turn around and play the Indianapolis Colts in Foxborough on Thursday night. They also get Julian Edelman back from his four-game suspension this week. Did you know, Melissa, yeah. that the last time that Julian Edelman played a meaningful game for the Patriots was Super Bowl 51 against the Atlanta Falcons? Oh, shit. Isn't that wild? That felt like a long time ago. Seriously. That one ended well. Maybe this one will too. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Over to, to you, Melissa. 
<laughs> what comes next? I'm so confused. All right. Uh, moving on to the Red Sox. Also having a big, big couple of weeks. They finally wrapped up the regular season this week. That's it. It's over. Ugh, thank God. That was a long one. 62. They wrapped it up with a series against the Yankees and they just barely avoided the sweep after losing the first two games. And then they won their final game of the season, which means they ended the season with a record of 108 and 54. Bam. It's hard to dog on the way their season ended when you look at that, but seriously, it kind of hurt that last stretch there. Uh, that 108 and 54 record is a new franchise record. Very exciting. I'm sure, in 20 years, we will all definitely remember that. Uh, they now head into the playoffs and will face either the Yankees or the A's based on the wild card game, which will be settled by the time this podcast airs. So you will know. Quick time check. It is uh, 7.51. On Wednesday evening. On uh, Wednesday evening. We're waiting for the first pitch on that game. About to get going. Uh, Alex Cora has announced that Chris Sale will be the opening game starter, and David Price and Rick Porcello will be starting games two and three. On to the Celtics. Yes. Uh, They have officially kicked off their preseason. Uh, They split a home-and-home against the Charlotte Hornets, and they lost at the Garden to the Cavs on... What was that? Saturday night? Sure. Or something? That Who checks cares? out. Uh, <laughs> they've got one more preseason game against Cleveland. Oh, no, no this coming Saturday night. And uh, then they've got a week off before the start of the regular season in which they begin at home against the Philadelphia 76ers Tuesday, October 16th. Kyrie Irving has, uh, throughout the last couple of weeks and as recently as uh, a couple of nights ago, uh, made some statements sounding like he's more interested and confident in his staying in Boston after he's a free agent at the end of this year. Uh, he mentioned the importance of comfort and enjoying where he plays. And my opinion would be that he's just fucking fired up to be on this awesome team, which should have been this awesome last year, but was not thanks to Gordon Hayward destroying his ankle. But it seems like he and fucking everybody else in the world is just fired up to be this group. So jazzed. Yeah. I'll tell you weird that they only play four games in the preseason though. Yeah. And then they get a week off. I was like, this is bizarre. Anyway. Uh, also starting their season tonight are the Boston Bruins. As we speak. Tip, uh, puck drop. Tip off. Tip I went off. Back to bed well. Tip in the puck. Puck drop should actually be happening right now in Washington, D.C. Like a bunch of jamokes. They just have to watch the Capitals raise their fucking banner. A bunch so of losers. Annoying. Um, some injury news from this week from this team as well. Tori Krug is out for three weeks with an ankle sprain. It's the same ankle that he broke in last year's playoffs, but the injury is reportedly unrelated to that break. I'm sure he feels. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that's exactly how he feels. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly that's checking out with him. He's like, no, this is a totally separate thing. Totally separate thing. <laughs> uh, and Patrice Bergeron is expected to make the start uh, in the season opener after his groin surgery this off season. Uh, they play again mm. Thursday night, so they got two games right out of the shoot there. Yeah, back to back. Yeah, the fuck? I know. To start the season, they're heading up to Buffalo. Uh, one good thing though is that we will get to see new backup goalie. Not even going to try that. <laughs> put it in there on purpose to see how you deal with it's, it. I actually know it's Jaroslav Halak. No, it's Yaroslav. Yaroslav Halak. Oh, I, like Yager. Got it. Yeah, exactly. You just do this to fuck with me. Uh, that one I did. I just had Halak written there and he added Yaroslav <laughs> Halak to make his Bruins debut. Anyway, they'll eventually have their home opener on Monday, October 6th. And I forget who they're playing, but it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Yaroslav. <laughs> Yaroslav. Jaroslav. Uh, I like to say it my own way. Very westernized. Very American. <laughs> yeah. Almost too much. <laughs> uh, so, hey, you want to know a fun fact? Yeah, of course I do. So, I was, so I was thinking. Oh, boy. That took all day. This <laughs> is a great time of the year. It sure is. To be in New England. It sure it's is. It's a great time of the year to be alive. Oh, wow. Uh, we've got 
football getting started, mm-hmm. baseball in the playoffs, yeah. basketball and hockey soon to be started. Yeah. And depending on how long the Red Sox can survive in the playoffs, you have this nice period of all four teams in action, which really doesn't happen all that often. Correct. Uh, and no, that's not true. It doesn't happen ever. And this is the only time. Except for this time of year. Right. Unless you count, I guess, no, even the Super Bowl would be before pitchers and catchers. Report. Oh, hell yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. football, so the coverage of football sort of never ends. Yeah, so like, it feels ends. like the, at least but, around here, the Patriots shit is like ever present. This but is the only time all four teams are acting. Are actually acting. I looked it up last year. The Bruins started on the 5th. Okay. And the Sox were eliminated on the 9th of October, Whoa. I think. They got so four there was days. Only, there was one, and the Bruins played on the 9th also. So there was only four days where the, both teams were playing, and really it was just it, it amounted to one regular season game for the Bruins until the fucking Red Sox were out of the playoffs. Uh, Nesson only had one game to figure out what they were doing with. Yeah, right. Nesson Plus <laughs> only got one game worth of fucking airtime last year. Sad. Anyway, uh, so I thought that it would be fun if we touched on all four, or attempted rather, to uh-huh. touch... On all four, or at the very least, depending yeah. on how time goes, <laughs> the three teams that are active. All right. In what is a uh, a good time to be a sports fan in New England? Okay, challenge accepted. All right. I have opinions on all four. No problem. So I've got some. I've got some. Uh, I've got some shit. You yeah. want to start us off? Some points to keep us on, on pace. Uh, so we mentioned the Patriots looked like themselves on Sunday when they smashed the Dolphins. Um, enjoying the demolition of a subpar divisional opponent is a familiar feeling for the Patriots, but does it erase your concerns from the first week? I'll tell you what. What? It doesn't erase my concerns. This week, it felt to me like I could relax. Like for yeah. the first time... I was able to kind of half pay attention for the second half of, yeah, <laughs> of, uh, of a Patriots agreed. game. I was actually at work for the second half and I was like, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I know what's happening it's, here. You know, it's just like your classic, like early season divisional blowout home game on like a sunny October afternoon. Yeah. Just ideal. <laughs> Get to like hang out and grill and drink beer and fucking not worry about it. Yeah. So that was good. And I would have thought that the Detroit game would have been the bounce back. I think you and I both, along with many others, were expecting that yes. game to be the bounce back. Turns out we were just a week early. I'm, I, I don't think that any of the problems are necessarily solved. I just, so this, to, this game to me just raised the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of like, how bad are they? <laughs> like that question yeah, like, was answered uh-oh. and it was like, okay, well they're not, they're not lose to the dolphins at home bad. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a whole different level and of they're bad. not tight game against the dolphins at home bad. They're yeah. beat the shit out of the dolphins. Like that's, that's, you know, so it raised the floor to me, the right. ceiling. I don't know. And where they will ultimately fall. Who the fuck knows? But at least we're not getting our fucking asses kicked by Miami. I, you know what I mean? I think the thing that stood out to me the most this week is that going into the season when we knew Julian Edelman had to serve the suspension and we saw what the schedule was and we know how the Patriots tend to start. And we were like, eh, if they go two and two in the first four games, that's what we'd expect. And then when it happened, Easier we all said freaked the fuck yeah. out and we're like, what? How can they be lo-? like, well, in order for them to go two and two, they had to lose. They got to lose two, two games. Yeah. Of these games, which is exactly what they did. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was also one of the people like, what's happening? It's right. the end of the world. Right. Everything's going to hell. And then when I rashly, I was like, well, I guess we all predicted that was going to happen. And then we're mad that our own prediction 
came true. So, but do you feel, you f- do you feel better? Do you feel worse? Are you like not taking the bait? Are you, I'm not taking the bait. I feel cautiously optimistic that like, good, and good I, word. I said last week that, you know, it's, it's hard to be the one that's like, Oh, this is it. This is the demise when that hasn't happened before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, at some point their track record has to lend them some credibility to it. And so, yeah. Okay. They came out and they smoked a team that they should smoke. They're going to play the Colts tomorrow night. The Colts are looking brutal. Like uh, they have a ton of people that are injured right now. I think they have like 11 guys that aren't playing <laughs> tomorrow. So it's like, okay, I don't know that that's going to be a super big challenge. Yeah. They're one and three, by the way. Yeah. So they suck. The game the following week, not to get too far ahead of ourselves though, against Kansas city could be oh, God. a real grind. Yeah. That's um, I, I mean, that was one of the handful of games on the schedule that was like, I mean, it's a prime timer, first of all. Of so, like, of course it is. So we can it was stay one of the games. Goddamn! <laughs> it was one of the games that you sort of circled on the schedule, saying like that's going to be a tough fight. It feels to me like it's going to be more than a tough fight at this point. This fucking Pat Mahomes kid is a I can't fucking lose. animal. The thing with the Colts is too is like I'm not totally counting them out, although they have not been playing well and yeah. they're generally not a good team. But I mean, Andrew Luck. There was a time where we regarded Andrew Luck as a formidable quarterback. He's been hurt for what feels like fucking Forever. five years. Forever. But the Patriots have a habit of turning players like Blake Bortles and Matt Stafford. And <laughs> for that one game, for those 60 minutes, they True. look like fucking Aaron Rodgers. So I don't know. We may have a game, but hopefully they can eh. they can make short work of the Colts. Well, and I think the Thursday night thing does weird things to both teams. For sure. And if you had to ask me like, what duo is better prepared for the short week? Tom Brady and Bill Belichick or Patrick Luck, uh, Andrew Luck. Oh my God, I'm all over the place. And whoever the fuck their coach is. Frank, right? I think. Sure, whatever you say. I, I'm he gonna... was the off- offensive coordinator of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, okay. Year. So that's how you know him. Closet yeah. Eagles fan. Uh, <laughs> I am not that. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to put my money on Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Yeah, same. Same. So here's another thing about next week's game. Yes. Edelman. We talked about this a minute ago. We did. Number 11, wide receiver, Julian Edelman with the red gloves. Uh, returns <laughs> you to You know him. Team. You love him. You've seen him before. <laughs> he had that weird JE11 clothing line for like what felt like five minutes. Bizarre. Uh, so he's coming back this week uh, for the Thursday night game against the Colts. He, just as a reminder, missed the entire 2017 season with a torn ACL and has missed the first four games of this year with a suspension for violating the National Football League's performance-enhancing drug policy. Can't be on those, bud. Uh, or at least you got to get a better masking agent. <laughs> that was the problem. Too much that you overdid it <laughs> oh, on the masking Jesus. agent. It's all about the right blend. <laughs> yeah, it's not the cover-up. Someone didn't do well. Wait, no, it's not the crime. It's the cover-up. <laughs> Anyways, do you, Melissa, think Julian Edelman will bring the Pats offense immediately sort of back to form, or will it take him a little bit of time to get back on his form himself? I think we're all confident he'll make them better. Yes, yes. So how quickly do you think that will happen? He will He will personally need time to get back to better like to get back to full form like 100 percent. you think so i'm I'm getting there he's had a lot of time off and i think one of the advantages like usually you see a guy tears acl in the middle of the season it was preseason for him so he's had literally the most amount of time to heal from that but i think the benefit of him coming back is going to be the same impact that we saw from josh gordon this week like it started to happen against miami all of a sudden you have actual pass catchers on the field players with talent right people that can actually catch the ball that have to be legitimately defended and it does a couple of things it frees up other receivers to actually make a play and it pulls people away from the line because you actually have to send people out into your backfield 
or downfield so that your running backs have better mm-hmm. holes to run through. Yeah, there's no there's no downside it's, to having right, it out there. Right. So I think that is where his impact will be. I think his ability to like run and catch at 100% will probably take him a couple weeks to get there and get his timing back and like the offense has changed in two seasons, so he's going to need to figure that out a little bit. He was there for the whole preseason. Though. He was, but I'm sure over the last four weeks, they've made some adjustments. Yeah, sure. I freaking hope they've made yeah, some adjustments. Adjusting for the <laughs> shittiness of their receivers. Right. See, I think he's going to drop right in there. I think it'll be you fine. You do? Think, I, 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 it took me a while to come around to that. My first inclination was like, ah, he'll, it'll take him a little bit of time, but then I sort of, the way the NFL does the suspension, I mean, he, we, we found out he was getting suspended in, I think, beginning of August or middle of August or something like that. Sure. But it doesn't go into effect until the regular season. So we got right. to do the whole preseason. He was also the only receiver that Brady was working with. Like when, when Brady yeah. was missing those passing camps and stuff like that, he was basically just chilling with fucking jewels in Brookline. <laughs> so I don't see any reason why Julian Edelman wouldn't be like right back where he started, well, which doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have like a huge game. Yeah. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be on the same page, so to speak. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think your offensive scheme, I hope is more than just, Tom Brady to Julian Edelman. And so that means like he's occasionally going to have to maybe make a block or attack yeah, oh, yeah, or be in sure. the right place to draw a defender. Speaking and, of blocks and tackles. Yeah. That was actually one of the most encouraging thing I saw with Josh Gordon this past week. Yeah. Who, I think he had like three catches, four targets yeah. or maybe two for three. Or so it was fine. Very like easier way sure. into it. Exactly what thing. we would expect. Nothing over the top. Which no trick nice. Right. Yeah. No weirdness. Just like easing them in. Lots of, I heard Greg Bedard, who I'm a big time Bedard guy uh, talk about this on the radio this mm-hmm. past week. He was like, I've never seen so much positivity, like deliberate positivity of like, nice job, man. Way to go. Like saying nice things, doing nice things that uh, on any like professional football team sideline than he's seen with Josh Gordon, which he was saying like, it was a bad thing. Like, Oh, what an annoying thing we have to do. Treat this guy with like kids gloves. Seems perfectly appropriate to me. Yeah, seems good to me. And the fact that Josh Gordon, there was like, he had a, Nice block on one of the James White James yeah. White touchdowns. He the couple of catches that he had, he's like running across the middle. They aren't these like like home run shots sure. like down the you know sideline like Great. go routes or whatever. Like it seems like he's actually like doing the hard stuff and like working. You know, yeah, weird thing to give him credit for. He's a fucking football player. You would expect that, but like I don't know. I'm I'm happy to see that he's like contributing on the field in ways other than being like this home run hitting wide right. receiver who just you know has a couple of huge catches in the game. It doesn't do anything else. Well, I think the celebrating and like appreciating him is a, probably a good thing. For yeah. Him. It's nice. Yeah. I don't know why we're not allowed to just be nice to people. Well, it's, a, it's a negative, uh, it's a negative culture <laughs> we have around here. <laughs> and I love it. Anyways. Uh, do you want to talk some baseball? I do real quick. I love playoff baseball. You do. I do. Me too. Okay, great. I'm actually, I like how we were saying before we started recording, I rewatched the, uh, 30 for 30, <laughs> Four days in October last night, all fired up. Just got all jacked all up. fucking fired up. <laughs> Your turn. Go ahead. Uh, so, playoff baseball. By the time this podcast is actually posted, the American League wildcard game between the Yankees and A's will be decided. Hopefully, I'm going to say, because based on how that National League game went last night, shit, this thing could go late into the morning. Um. Anyway, that game will determine the Red Sox opponent for the divisional round. How far do the Red Sox have to go in the playoffs to achieve expectations? And as a quick reminder, the last two years, the Red Sox have been bounced in the first round. They haven't actually made it past the ALDS since 2013, where they obviously went on to win the World Series. So how far do they have to go to achieve expectations? In my mind, like you won 108 games, franchise record. Yeah. 
you've got two viable MVPs in your lineup. Yep. You know, you don't have a Cy Young caliber pitcher just based on games played yeah. in Chris Sale, but in terms of ERA and stuff and 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 wins and all the all the measures of Cy Youngs, you know, you have a contender there. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can be satisfied with this team unless they go deep ALCS, like seven games ALCS. And that's, I'm like talking myself out of saying it's make the World Series or bust. I'm like compromising with myself. Because you think Houston could beat them? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think, think the Indians could be, beat them too. But yeah. I, it's just like, I, if they do anything other than lose, anything short of losing in seven games in the CS, in the in the ALCS, I'm like pissed off. Um. Yeah, I can see your argument. I also say 108 fucking wins. Like, and you don't make it to the World Series. What was the point? No one's gonna remember that right. you won 108. You'll be some asterisk in a record book somewhere of like yeah, it'll be true, franchise yeah. record. No one cares. Um, I think there's. I, I just think I think they gotta go to the World so Series. So your World Series or bust? Yeah, not win it. I mean, I don't not think win you can it. have. I don't uh, think yeah. it's fair expectations that you have to win the World Series right. or your season. Is I think you have to make it. You have to prove that your record was because you were the best team in the American League. Yeah, and that's legit. I don't know that they were. Well, I mean, they they play in a shit division. But everybody plays in a shit division. <laughs> well, some are less shit than others. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could make the argument that they play in the least shit division because they've got the fucking Yankees there. Okay. Well, the, the wild card winner. Hugh- I, don't know, I don't know how it's going <laughs> to Let's just record it both ways. <laughs> Houston has the A's. You know, the wild card winning Oakland Athletics. <laughs> it's like that Simpsons episode where they talk about the Super Bowl winner and they have Homer Simpson hold a beer in front of his mouth so they can just dub over that year's Super Bowl winner every year. Smart move. Am I the only one that knows that? Groaning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm basically right there. We're we're a game yeah, apart in right. terms of our uh our right, achieved where we want them to be. I'm not saying I think they will do that. By the way, because I agree with you, I think that the Indians or the Astros will give them a tough time. Oh, predictions. Who the fuck knows? Know. They could lose in the first. I mean, I I don't know if I would if be they lose in the first if they round. Lost in the first round. I would be disappointed. But that, I don't know if I would be that surprised. That would be. Well, that's a disaster. Oh. God, that's a disaster. Three straight division championships and three straight first round exits. That would be a fucking disaster. Who's responsible for that? I, so good question. I, I think Dave Dombrowski, I do first too. and foremost, the man uh, cannot fucking get a bullpen together. Assuming with that. So, so that's with the caveat. Assuming that if they lose, th- that it is in a fashion that is consistent with the way they've lost games all season. Yeah, which sure. is a long way of saying right. if the bullpen bullpen blows it, then it's on Dombrowski. Yeah. If 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 by some miracle the bullpen can pitch well and Chris Sale gets shelled or David Price gets shelled sure. or the 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 bats are just you know dead. Like I, I don't know. There's a sure. million different ways. That JD it Martinez could and Mookie Mookie Betts run into each other and knock each other out. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I don't know. There's a million ways that it can go down. But yeah. if if the flaws that are so clear in the regular season of this team become the flaws in the postseason and ultimately the reason that they don't go far, then it's like Dombrowski. What the fuck? Yeah. Because, Everyone in the America knew that we needed bullpen help. And what the in fuck? In May. Yeah. Oh like yeah. It, we didn't just figure this out in September. Right. We've all known you had time to do something about it. Yeah. I think, I think he'd be number one. I mean, I feel like Alex Cora has basically managed his way into a free pass for this year, regardless of how this postseason works out. Agreed. Like he's in that like Bruce Cassidy type territory of like, you did such a good job in the regular right. season that even if the team falls on their face in the postseason, you're fine. You know, right. I mean? you can't be held accountable for that. Yeah. Yet. 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 
give it four years in a row ALDS <laughs> exit and you're on the hook too. So speaking of Cassidy. Yeah. Boom. Great segue. Pro segue. Suck it. Uh, <laughs> also, <laughs> so also by the time this podcast is posted, the Boston Bruins will have started their regular season. Oh, I'm so jacked for that too. As a reminder, last year, the Bruins had the second best record in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. They were an offensive force in a fucking comeback machine. Oh, my God. Just all season. You yeah, never yeah. could count them out. I'm getting so excited just thinking about it. Uh, When's they, our first fight going to happen? I can't wait. Great. Ours? Or Not theirs? ours. Maybe. Throw down. <laughs> uh, they also wound up bowing out in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs versus Tampa Bay. Yeah. So similar question. What are your expect expectations for this year's team? Regular season wise. Let's not talk about the spring just yet. Yeah, we don't know. But general expectations for the Bruins this year. Yeah, I think they're going to be a good team. I, I actually think they're getting stronger and getting more depth. And like Bruce Cassidy isn't afraid to play kids. So like he's bringing people up that like Tory Krug's out, but there's someone to come in and like have an impact and, you know, play the game for lack of a better word. Um, so I'm excited for what they're going to be. I think they're going to be great. I think they're going to be fun to watch again. We talked earlier about uh, Halak as the new backup goalie. <laughs> and uh, he's actually pretty legit. Like, he could play a good number of games, which is great because it means you give Rask a little more time he, that, off. Yeah, he, I mean, that's the he idea. Needs that. He's got he's to do that. Yeah. He's he, got to play 30 games at least. Oh, at least. And he's got, you know, great, like, He's got Real legit credentials. NHL yeah, yeah. Experience. He's an. He, I mean, I don't know if he'll actually end up playing better than Anton Hudobin did last year because no, Anton Hudobin but he'll very play well more. Last year, but he should play it. He, he is like on paper a better goalie. We just turned on the wild card game. We both got distracted. I can sort of see it in this mirror. Oh, that's weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, there I'm gonna go. move so I can see it better <laughs> in the mirror. <laughs> My thing with the Bruins is, I hope. I, so yes, I agree that I think they're gonna be a good team. I think they're gonna be top four Eastern Conference oh, team, obvious playoff uh, they team. Like they, yeah. they have to do that stuff. I hope they actually become a less fun team to watch. What? Why? Because I don't, I think that last year we saw that if you're going to win in these like heart attack, comeback flurry of goals in the third period awesome. type of way, it's very fun, but it's not a sustainable model. It doesn't win in the playoffs. Sure. It just doesn't win in the playoffs. Sure. So I'm hoping that Fine. this year and last year they were, I think, better than they or anybody else mm -hmm. really thought they would be. So good for you. Good for them. You're a year ahead of schedule, so yeah. to speak, in terms of all these young players and Charlie McAvoy and fucking Jake DeBrask and all these motherfuckers. Yeah. So they should continue to be good. I just hope they are good in a way that is more reliable and more sort of just, you know, strong, solid team that just wins game in, 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 in the conventional Normal way. Fashion. <laughs> you know, you're so boring. Yeah. Just, you know, I think that Vegas has them um, slated to uh, get 10 less points this year than they did last year. Something like that. But ranked the same. So I think they see points across the NHL coming down a little bit, which I think speaks to like there being more parity in the well, league. Well, I think that also speaks to Toronto getting better and Tampa getting better right. and the yeah, Bruins they're right basically staying the same. Yeah, it's like the Bruins, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and the Predators are like all near the top with the same similar number of yeah, points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's a crazy bet to say the Bruins will win less games this year than they did last year. Yeah. I mean, they they won a shitload last year. I agree. Should we go to the fourth team? Who's got the next one? I do. Oh, yeah. Let's rip it. Oh, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, last but not least, let's talk about the Celtics. Let's. They're going to start their 2018 regular season next week. 2018-2019 regular season next week. My bad, Jaroslav. <laughs> Ah, 
anyway. Uh, what was the one last week? <laughs> <laughs> was that fucking guy's name? Fuck. I don't know. I always oh Jim Java. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, what's his real name? Javal. Javal, isn't it? The L just came off his name. Jav- Javale. Javale McGee or Javale yeah, sure. something? Whatever. Yeah, Java. I still don't that know. one wasn't your fault. But anyway, yeah, Java. <laughs> uh, we got to learn to start typing phonetically. <laughs> anyway, where was I? Okay. Let's get back to last year with the Celtics, let's, can we? Let's, let's, uh, They finished with the second most wins in the East at 55. And even with no Kyrie or Gordon Hayward, they took their playoff run all the way to the fourth quarter of game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals, where LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers officially crushed their NBA dreams. This year, everyone's back and healthy, and the Celtics are poised to be the best team in the East. What are your expectations for this team this year? Uh, so again, I'll stay regular season. Yeah. Um, because we'll talk about the spring and the spring. But, well, no one will remember what we said by then. You might as well just throw it out there now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, okay. Then in that case, then it's NBA Finals or bust. 100% agree. And as far as the regular season goes... LeBron's gone from the East. You, There's nothing standing in your way. You should steamroll. You should. Toronto is maybe a factor. Sure. We'll fine. see. That, that is a franchise with institutional suckage. Right. Uh, but, I mean, I think they should be, based on the shittiness of the East... Right that they should win 60 games. Like they won 55 last year. Houston, I was looking this up. So Houston won 65. They led the league in wins. Okay. Oh, interesting. Golden State had 58. uh, And Houston's like a sneaky good team. Well, the thing is, I find that teams in their first year of being awesome tend to be really awesome. And then once they become more comfortable with the idea that they're awesome, they tend to win less. Yeah, because they don't you need to try. just give less of a shit. Yeah, you don't and need 100%. And that's true in lots of different sports. Like, <laughs> and the world. The, 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 the <laughs> first year that uh, that Golden State was really fucking sick, they won 70. Yeah. Was- you know, like they fucking destroyed everybody. But yeah, I think I think the Celtics should be winning somewhere in the ballpark of 60 games, certainly high 50s. Either that or something's gone terribly wrong. One thing that I think is going to be like important to watch this year is... How does uh, like Brad Steven deal with not so much minutes, but like who gets the ball? You know what I mean? Like you're going to have a lot of dudes on that team who presumably want to play and want to take the ball and want to shoot and want to, you know, want to be that guy. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown got to be that guy a ton last year in the playoffs because Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward weren't there. So now you've introduced these two players and I don't know. I just wonder like this will be a test for Brad Stevens who has not really had to coach a like all-star NBA roster yeah. before. I, well, I think what's awesome is that like he's going to have the flexibility to rotate people in and out. So you're going to be able to manage Gordon and Kyrie and even Al Horford's minutes but that's the question. The regular do season. they want to be managed or is that going to be something that annoys them? I think they are they all have longevity enough to understand the importance of being really healthy and strong going into the postseason. You'd and so, so if you yeah. can position it in that way and like it's not going to change Kyrie Irving being a superstar that he plays 35 minutes a game instead of 42 minutes a game. Right. And then has, you know, better stamina come the postseason because he hasn't played as many minutes in the season. I think that's a good thing for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it sounds I I'm convinced. Yeah. <laughs> as a We're fan on board. who's invested in their long term success. I agree. I mean, that was something that, you know, I, I think like Doc Rivers 
gets a lot of credit, rightly so, for being able to manage like massive egos and personalities between yeah. Garnett and Pierce and Rondo and Allen. Like, he, I, I mean, for, of, for a time, the for that's a time. coming out now, I'm like, was he really managing it or just covering it up? Well, is <laughs> same it, thing, mean, I guess. They're same. not so different. So no. I don't know. I just I, I have all the confidence in the world in Brad Stevens' ability to like draw a fucking play up on the on the whiteboard. But that's only part of coaching in the NBA. Like you got to be able to manage egos and big personalities and, you know, worldwide fucking massive superstars. Mm-hmm. And you're just like this fucking little skinny guy from Indiana <laughs> trying to tell people what's what. Hey and Brad Stevens also has no credentials really like in the league. You know, Yankees just homered, I think. Yeah, they sure did. Two runs. Also, you, Bruins you know, are I... down 2-0 halfway through the first what? period. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. It's Wait, I want to change my prediction. Uh, yeah, of course the Yankees are fucking winning. The goddamn A's threw out a relief pitcher to start this game. Yeah. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Doing the opener thing? Yeah. There's some, I think there's some reasonable strategy to it, but it is just weird. It's not working out right now. No, sure ain't. Aaron Judge just hit a fucking bomb. Oh, God. Anyways. So yeah, that's my Celtics take. All right. Gotta be sniffing 60 wins and obviously... You got to win the East. You have to win the East. Yeah. Unless, You're not going to win the whole thing. I don't think. I mean, maybe, but unless something crazy happens to Golden State, like, I, you know. yeah, the expectation but is you got to get there. Finals. Yeah. All right. You want a lightning round it? Shit. I feel like there's been a lightning round this whole time. I know. We've just been asking questions. I'm out of breath. <laughs> Getting a little dehydrated over here. <laughs> get, your orange dry. get your orange dry. Oh, you finished oh, it. Oh, God. It's gone. Everything's terrible. <laughs> the birds are down two nothing. Yeah. That's a real kick of the teeth. All right, you ready for a lightning round question? I am. I'm starting. I'm just going rogue. I, All don't, right, good. I don't even know where this is going to take me. That's Let's how I find drew out. it up, I think. This week in Major League Baseball, there was not one, but two additional games to decide the winner of the West and Central Divisions in the National League. The Brewers beat the Cubs and the Dodgers beat the Rockies in games 163 of their regular seasons. Do you like this me- method of settling divisional champs? I fucking hate this method of settling divisional champs i think it's absurd i'm a strong agree they play 162 regular season games right 18 of which are head-to-head against those opponents against divisional opponents you play 18 games and because your record is tied at the end of the season that's the only tiebreaker (laughs) that major league baseball can fucking dream up this is the team this is the the league that has more stats than you could ever fucking know what to do with right the only solution to this problem having the same record at the end of the season is to play each other in 163rd game to 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 play for the privilege to be play in another one game playing the wild card game which is also a one game we'll get to that in a second yeah but i think it's so fucking stupid head to head is the obvious tiebreaker right head to head record if, if my team's not, beating your team w- out of the 18 games if i've right. won 11 and you've won seven that's eight, like that's that's the tiebreaker yeah but if they're tied I but think- they weren't sorry to yell at you <laughs> no the tiebreaker is the 163rd game there the, there is no like tiebreaker mechanism into the just the the record of the teams that's the problem Oh shit! There's not even one. No, I didn't do my research on this. No, no, obviously, no, 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 I no. assumed they looked at the head-to-head record, and then if the, I thought those were both tied at nine to nine. As a logical and because uh, I was going to say, why wouldn't well you? Well-educated person, I, I'm not surprised that that was what you assumed because that's what someone would do if your decisions were being guided by logic and reason. Because I was thinking like, oh, and then from there I would go to like, well, what's your 
like NL West record, right. like divisional it, record. What's your you could do run differential? Right. You, you could so do so many options. Anything you could do. anything. It is stupid to play these extra games because it's basically like you played 162 games and they meant shit. And like th- that's baseball's problem is so many games and they don't mean enough. And then you add in like a see, told you they don't and, mean anything. And the one game playoff is awesome but like you but just only don't in one this case you just don't it's just stupid like you've played 162 these two teams have played 18 games against each other right building a fucking tiebreaker and right. let's fucking move on come on yeah this is the first time that ever happened with the two playing games yeah i believe you because it shouldn't happen it's fucking weird because it's dumb anyways next dumb. yep oh i'm talking to myself yep <laughs> i gotta find this fancy schmancy new app we're using here all right. All right. Here we go. Speaking of extra games. Yes. Melissa, the National League wildcard was won on Tuesday by the Colorado Rockies. And as we speak, the New York Yankees and the Oakland Athletics are battling it out for the AL wildcard. Uh, basically, the deal is the two teams with the best record who did not win their respective divisions play a one game playoff to determine who goes to the divisional round. Uh, and this format has been so there's three division winners in each league. The two other teams. Right. Teams know, four and it. five. Right. More or less. Uh, this format has been in place since 2012 and the wild card as a concept has existed in major league baseball since 1995 general question. Do you like the one game playing wild card thing? I go, I I'm go back and forth on this. Yeah. I think my preference would be to make it a three game series, Ooh. but do it quick. Like it's three back to back days. None of this, like take oh, a day off that's in between. Interesting. like do it quick. You play three games. That's how you play the season. You play it like a series. Right. And maybe you give home field advantage to the team that had the better record. Sure. Like team four gets play at home. Yeah. So okay. it's like handicapping it for them. But you do three. So it's not just so you have one bad game and you're out. I think it also gives your division winners a little more time off. So it's a, you know, bigger b- benefit to winning the division. You know what I like about it? Yeah. What? I like how it punishes the wildcard team. Yeah. The winner. Cause you have to play this game. That's like the all hands on deck. Right. It'll you fuck have up to your throw bullpen. Your best. Yeah. Like, like, and I like that that it makes it so that the wild card team is, I mean, they're a lesser team, but also they're at a disadvantage yeah. going into their thing. So it makes it, it gives teams a legitimate reason to not want to be the wild card. So right. it makes it, it really, cause if you're like, for, for instance, this year, the Red Sox are obviously winning the division and the Yankees were obviously the fourth best team, you know, non-division winner right. in the American league. So in a normal year, pre-2012, it would have just been this foregone conclusion that your playoff bracket is set right, from Yankees. like July, basically, until now. So, but but it, with the wildcard thing, it's like, ah, fuck, like gives the Yankees, not that they had a chance, but something to sort of fight for to get out of this fucking right. game. It makes the division matter. Yeah, more so. Yeah. I just look at it and think like, all right, so the idea was to get more teams into the playoffs and make the playoffs more competitive. Because like, technically, the team that loses the wild card game is a is a quote is like a, a playoff, playoff team. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if you were the Cubs and you lose last night, you don't feel you like don't feel like team. you were a playoff <laughs> yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. feel like you played 164 stupid games. But it's that, fucking must watch. I mean, they're great games. Oh, they're great. And like, I would rather this than nothing. Like, I'd rather have something than just like, all right, well, the fourth best team that's right. not a division winner automatically, because that kind of sucks. Because like that, there's so many factors that can yeah, go into yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It, it does kind of punish that team. They're forced to use a good starting pitcher. They're forced to play hard. They're forced to use their bullpen. Like you have to treat it like a game seven. Sometimes starters coming is. out of the bullpen. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so you, then you get into the ALDS and you're like, yeah, Fuck. yeah. Great. <laughs> a we little threw everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I would like to see it maybe just a little bit more of a series, more like how baseball actually plays. Cause I think you get to actually get the better team out of that. Yeah. Sox have never been in it since 12. Thank God. Cause I don't think they'd win. <laughs> 
any year. <laughs> Grand proclamations about <laughs> the last six years of the team. <laughs> Oh, I don't. They haven't made it out of the ALDS. Is, these are teams raging from the uh, franchise record in wins versus did not even make the playoffs. So yeah, well they don't. That how team Melissa feels definitely on a year-to-year basis about her confidence level. Listen, I was born and raised. I was old when we won in 2004. That's I was true. raised with the reverse the curse mentality. I still am like fuck them. They'll never win anything. Yeah. People are like they've won it three times in your life. I'm like meh, not enough. You host a podcast called Title Test. Shut up. <laughs> Yeah, it's ironic. <laughs> anyway. All right, next. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. On fire. Uh, is looking more and more like the real deal each week. He has the 10th. Oh, he was the 10th overall pick in last year's draft and is making his debut as a starter this year. He is absolutely crushing it. Crushing it. This week was highlighted by an on-the-run left-handed throw. He's a righty, FYI, <laughs> while being pursued by Von Miller of the Broncos. Was this a fluky play or legit playmaking from Mahomes? A lot of debate on this one play. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen it, I suggest you look it up. Patrick Mahomes left-handed toss. Basically snaps the ball. There's like a wicked blitz from his right side. So he's rolling out to his left. He's running towards your, the TV cameras, if you will. Okay. Uh, and he's got Tyreek Hill, his wide receiver, probably like 10 or 12 yards ahead of him. And he's a right-handed quarterback, and he's being pursued from his right side. So if he fucking cocks that thing back, yeah, they're just gonna they're smack just it out gonna of swat. His it. It's yeah. Von Miller. He's like the best fucking pass rusher yeah. in the league. Like he's, he, he, you're fucked. He's not new, but he sees fucking Tyree kill there, and he just swaps the ball to his left hand and like kind of just like shot puts it forward for a completion and a first down. I thought it was fucking awesome, and it shows that like I don't really care about like the athleticism aspect of it. I just care about like the decision making. Like how many times have you seen young quarterbacks? do stupid things that like, you know, that they know that it was dumb, right? But only in hindsight, they can't make the split decision and make the right decision in the moment. Like they would just be like, fuck, 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 fuck. I don't want to get sacked. I don't want to get sacked. Oh God. But now I'm strip sacked. You know what I mean? Like worse, even worse. You tried to get out of your bad situation and made your bad situation a worse situation. So I think it was legit as fuck more from a mental standpoint than a physical one. But yeah, yeah, that kid's fucking gonna come yeah. in here and oh, blow God. doors. The Patriots are gonna get smoked. Yeah, if he's yeah, well, yeah. One week, you got a long week to prepare for him, which is you good. Sure you do, but you're gonna f- need all of it. Yeah, the all way ten he's of those looking. days to just buy a whole new defense at the defense store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fact that he threw the ball left-handed, I like can't even put a straw in my coffee left-handed. It wasn't a good-looking throw. I mean, it oh, was like a. It's pfft, it was a little push. I just like smack. I would like <laughs> spike it if I tried to do anything with my left hand. It's basically just a useless appendage. Anyway, <laughs> one of the many reasons you don't play in the NFL. <laughs> uh, it's really the thing that's holding me back. <laughs> yeah. So uh, next question. Yeah. This is a this is a good throwback from the uh, from the old days. Old Adam Benatari. Yeah. Yes, that Adam Benatari, the forty-five-year-old <laughs> kicker for the Indianapolis Colts, oldest player in the NFL, uh, who of course started his career as a goddamn folk hero here in New England. Uh, this week, he set the all-time record for most made field goals in the uh, history of the National Football League with five hundred and sixty-six. Uh, cause he's old as fucking dirt. This might be his last season. <laughs> yeah, he might die. Uh, making Thursday's <laughs> game his, uh, potentially his last game at Gillette stadium. Uh, my question to you, Melissa is what's your take on Vanitary and, uh, should the Pats have kept him and no answer that first, do those first two questions first. And I'm going to ask you the next one. I mean, I have hindsight now, so it's easy to say that they made the right decision. Cause Steven Guskowski has been, Oh God, I could throw up. 
What? Really? No, just keep going. Oh, they got a cheaper kicker. Who knew how long Vinatieri was going to play? Who knew he'd play to the Why do you say his name like Vinatieri? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's my thing. I like to say names wrong. All right, it's fine. <laughs> Disrespectful, yeah, and I like it. <laughs> keep going. Vinatieri. Oh, so you're a Gostowski guy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just a don't waste a ton of money on your kickers kind of girl. Yeah. And so if you had the next best thing, then why keep them? But wouldn't it just been so awesome if this whole run was Brady, Belichick, and Vinatieri? Wouldn't that just yeah, be fucking Yeah, that's who you sick? want in your triad is your goddamn kicker. I'm just saying. He was fucking <laughs> nails. Remember those like Stevie on nails. Joe Montana and the kicker? And the other guy. <laughs> Remember that kicker? <laughs> okay. For, I don't even... Whatever. So here's my question. Yeah. The pivotal question. This is the question for Thursday night. Yeah. Adam Vinatieri runs out of the tunnel. Do you cheer or do you boo? Wildly cheer. Okay, good. I At would least you're not him. a fucking uh, animal. I don't hate him. I'm not like, oh, what a bum. Like, nah, he was great. And he helped us win Super Bowls. Really helped us win Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. Some of them more than Tom Brady. And like, yeah, I would fucking cheer for him all day. He is a, he, to your point, a legend in New England. Good. Okay. I'm glad we at least agree on that. Okay. You got to cheer. Anybody that boos Adam Vinatieri is a no, fucking You're a idiot. loser. You're a loser. He didn't do anything. He didn't burn bridges on his way out of he town. He just wanted to get paid. Right. It's like fine. everyone else. Right. Do you want to get paid in your job? Yeah. Listener? Some job comes and offers you more money. You're like, no, can't do it. It just sucks for him that he went, happened to go to the Colts who at the time were our chief rival in the AFC. Like sure. that's the thing that screwed him. If he went to any other team, yeah. Nobody would fucking boo him. Yeah, but I don't look at it like Roger Clemens going to the Yankees. Like, but I, I'm I don't, saying at the time. Sure, but even then I didn't put it in that stratosphere. Right, sure. I just didn't. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I love this story. Uh, this week, Seattle Seahawks safety Earl Thomas fractured his leg. And it was gross. Ouch. <laughs> and as he was being carted off the field, he looked toward the Seahawks sideline. Did he ever? And gave him the good old one finger salute. The finger. Middle finger. Gave him the right finger. up at him all. National TV. Earl Thomas is basically the last remaining member of the vaunted Legion of Boom in Seattle. He was disgruntled and frustrated with the organization in the offseason and considered holding out for either a trade or a new contact contract. My God. But ultimately, he decided to play in 2018. And he's now obviously out for the season. Very much so. And will have a hard time demanding the top of the market deal moving forward. Was this a total dick move by Thomas or justified based on his circumstance? Uh, everything about his disposition and position regarding his contract with the Seahawks is pretty much justified. I am a, I think, well-documented supporter of any NFL player who's like trying to get that money. Yeah, because there's <laughs> no guaranteed contract. They just get fucking yeah. raked over the coals year after year. But the finger, like, do you have to flip off fucking Pete T. Carroll and your own team? Like on yes. the car? Like, come Fuck on. Yeah. Like, Give that it to was him. a dick move. All you did there was like throw your fucking like credibility out the window yeah. and just for your own, like, I don't know. You made yourself the bad guy in the story. <laughs> Thank you for putting that in a much more succinct <laughs> way. Yes. You went from like the like, oh, everybody feels bad for you. Like, what a shitty spot. Like, he came back to play for the team instead of holding out. Right, blah, blah, right blah. Thing. All these nice team player type storylines are now gone. Yeah. Because you just had to fucking blip the bird on the way up the fucking <laughs> So good. Cart. He's like in the cart and all the Cardinals players are coming over and giving him the pat on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, man. Hey, man. And he's just like, man. And it wasn't even like emphatic. It wasn't <laughs> no, like a fucking it, two freedom rockets. No, it was like, just, it was just like, this casual like, fuck, fuck you. you. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck all of you. You liked it? <laughs> of course I liked it. I like anyone <laughs> giving the finger on TV. Uh, did you see that Bell is now apparently going to come back during the Pittsburgh bye week in week seven? 
I would have thought this story would have been like, see, that's, that's what why happens. I'm not playing. Right. Like I thought it would have solidified his point. Now he says he's going to come back. Yeah. I don't know. That was weird to me. His leg don't break. Uh, Here's a lightning round question brought to you by a listener. Oh, great. Hey, guys. It's Bill George from the Should I Go See It podcast. I don't know if you heard this yet, but it sounds like the NBA is going to start selling smaller parts of games for purchase, either maybe just the fourth quarter or just a 10-minute chunk that people can buy. I get it financially, but my take is the NBA should not do this. All it does is placate these fake fans. These are the same assholes who say you only need to watch the last two minutes of a game, yeah, like which is intrinsically true of exactly. all sports, by the way. <laughs> They're hitting their target audience. if you audience. want to watch a basketball game, watch a basketball game. Not a fraction of a basketball game, not a percentage of a basketball game. Just watch a basketball game. And the NBA should stand on principle and say, look, if you can't handle us at eight minutes into the second quarter, then you don't deserve us with two minutes left in the fourth. All right. All right. Wrap it up. He, wrap it up. He recorded that entire question just to say that last sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your take on? Well, okay. Can I have a question? That was, you might notice that uh, either uh, our call in line at uh, 90487TTPod, the voice quality either got a lot better or this particular caller is a total fucking psychopath who decided to record himself on his phone and send in a pre-recorded message via text. Yeah. Like cheated the fucking system. weirdo that's, that's not, not how it works not in the spirit of the uh, yeah. of the colin line there, don't do William. that so anyways <laughs> you got played only because we wanted to tell you you were wrong to address <laughs> this sanctimonious basketball fan question uh what's your take on the whole like sell and by, and by selling we don't mean tickets here it's like it's like it's on an app yeah you can like buy the fourth quarter of like you know yeah great fucking golden state houston for two bucks yeah, I'm into that. I'm so, yeah. Yes. If I'm on Twitter and it's like, this game's insane, like so close, all this happening. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll buy that and see what's going on. Why wouldn't I do that? I would never have watched any part of that game right. without that option. So yeah, that's a great idea for the NBA. One, because yeah, it drives profits. But two, it drives interest in teams that people might not normally watch and like get to see... I don't know, someone else play that you wouldn't normally like. Right. Oh, I'm sitting in waiting... I was going to say in traffic. You should not do that in traffic. Uh, you're <laughs> on a train. Like you're on a train, right? And you're like, oh, I got 20 minutes before I get home. Oh, I'll watch the last quarter yeah, of this game. I can either buy a fucking Gatorade from the vending machine or I can watch, you know, whatever, Sixers Toronto the last two minutes. And to his point about it being the the final couple minutes is the most important part of the game, that being intrinsically true in any sport, is not true. Basketball, more than any other sport, the first three quarters is just kind of a back and forth feeling out process. Teams regularly come back from very large deficits to make it a close game in the fourth quarter right. across the NBA. Like, I would never tell anybody just if you wanted to get a sense of how a baseball game was going, just watch the eighth and ninth inning. Right. It's not, that's not, that's true not how scoring the game happens. is often decided in the early innings and you right. want to be there and see how it goes and see how the started. Like it, it makes a difference. Same thing with football. You couldn't have just watched the fourth quarter of that Patriots game and known what a blowout it was. Yeah. It's, it's leads are regularly evaporated in a race into in the yeah, third and fourth quarters of basketball games, making the final minutes where they're just within, you know, three, four, five points of each other, the the part of the game that sort yeah. of counts. If the first three quarters of the game are just going to result in what is effectively a tie in the final corner on a pretty regular basis in your sport, right. then people are going to start figuring out that like it's like Quidditch. 
Who cares about <laughs> what those other ancillary positions are doing? Just watch the guy who's going to find the fucking golden little snitch. golden thing because that's really what matters in the game. Yeah. 100 you know? points. Instant <laughs> fucking log it up. <laughs> so anyways, final question of the week. I lost track of the order because we got the call. Patriots and Colts are playing on Thursday night, as we've said. Tonight, really, for those of you listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much tonight. <laughs> uh, the once-fabled Pats-Colts rivalry has had its second act stunted, mostly by the Colts sucking <laughs> and Andrew Luck being hurt all the goddamn time. Do you miss Pats-Colts? And what are your predictions for Thursday night? I don't really miss Pats-Colts. I do miss Brady Manning. Yeah. I don't really care about what the uniforms are sure and the Colts are not a historical rival of the Patriots that no, was just a, a historically you know, very bizarre they have a very bizarre history yeah 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 it's not you know Pat's Jets sure like whatever the division shit but like whatever but it's not the Patriots just suck for so long that they don't have any natural rivals yeah. from the old days because they were just a punching bag for the vast majority of their existence that's true so I don't really miss Pat's Colts I do miss Pat uh, Brady and his counterpart yeah um which he doesn't really have right now in the AFC, yeah. really. Well, because that's the problem. It feels like the person that would be that is Aaron Rodgers. Who's in the other who's conference. Who's in the NFC. Yeah, exactly. so we, you or never like play Roethlisberger, him. I guess. But, we, but the Patriots he, just so consistently oh, beat the Steelers yeah. that he's not They're really... They're so in Roethlisberger's the head. The thing with Manning and Brady was that they, at least in the playoffs, would be back and forth. Like yeah. it was... They were thing. both great. So I do miss that. My predictions for Thursday, I think the Pats are going to win. I hope they win handily. And I hope that the defense looks good because yeah. Andrew Luck is a good quarterback. He can play the position and I just hope they don't turn him into fucking Aaron Rodgers, just like they've turned everybody else into Aaron Rodgers. Turn him into Nick Foles. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stick with that joke. <laughs> I also think the Patriots are going to win. I hope they're going to, like I said before, I, you know, who do you trust more on a short week? It's got to be pretty yeah, bad. And the Colts are bad. <laughs> right. Their, their record looks like the team that they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool week. Let's bag out of here. Uh, all right. See you next week for fucking Red Sox playoffs. Yeah. Hopefully they're still in it. If by the they're time not we're together. still in it by oh the next time we God. record, I'm going to jump off my fucking roof. Light a fire because I'm just <laughs> burning this place down. If they lose three games in a row to fucking anybody. Yeah. I'm going to lie down on the mass pipe. <laughs> um, Craig, where can the people call us? Oh, great question. Yeah. Uh, uh, on the telephone, 904-87-TT-P-O-D, like title town podcast. Someday I'm 904-87-TT-P-O-D. Give us a call, voicemail, leave us your take. Yeah, we will try answer. to, uh, we'll try to ask for some, uh, for some fodder next week. Yeah. You can talk to us about the Pats Colts game. You can talk to us about the Red Sox playoffs. You can talk to us about the Bruins season opener, whatever yeah. gets your juices flowing. Whatever, whatever, whatever rocks your boat. All, All right. right, cool. Later. Bye.